Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Athletic. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. Jurgen Klopp signs a contract extension that keeps him at Anfield until 2026. The news exclusively broken by the Athletics' David Ornstein. So Klopp is with Liverpool for another four years. It doesn't get much better. That plus, of course, the Champions League semi-final first leg victory over Villarreal and a look ahead to Newcastle at the weekend. I'm Steve Hothersall and this is The Red Agenda. We're going to start with that big breaking news. Kiefer O'Neill uh, joins me. Neil Atkinson will join us a little bit later on to get stuck into the Villarreal review. Let's start with Jürgen. This is a this is a re-record really because we recorded the start of the podcast this morning and on it we were actually talking about whether Jürgen would sign a contract soon. We didn't know at that moment in time. But, of course, the big news broke. And Jürgen now has committed himself until 2026. Kiva, it doesn't get much better than this. An incredible story from our colleague David Ornstein. Just remarkable, really, how this story is broke today. The the day after, obviously, Liverpool, you know, put the foot in the this, uh, the final of the Champions League, you know, the club couldn't be in a better position at the minute. The fans are just buoyed up. It's a, you know, great time to be a Liverpool fan. It's a great time to be a Liverpool player. They, in an FA Cup final, maybe be in a Champions League final, and the fighting it out for the the Premier League title as well. Um, you know, that that quadruple we've been talking about for weeks now is very much, you know, a thing that can happen. And then Jurgen Klopp goes and uh, signs a new two-year extension on top of his, uh, his his current deal. So obviously that was uh, meant to run out in 2024, but now he'll be staying at Liverpool till 2026. And as obviously the cop and everyone else have been singing, I'm so glad that Jurgen is a red. They'll be definitely feeling very glad right about now. Yeah, because he's delivered everything he said, as they sing as well. He's, he's probably got so much more to do, and that's part of the reason. I think he said at one point, you know, if I have the energy to carry on. Well, he's clearly got that. He looks in great shape, but he's probably got big ambitions as well. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, last season was difficult for him and, you know, on and off the pitch. This season, things have just come together for Liverpool. And I think he just, he seems energised by it. You can sort of sense that from him that he's, you know, you can feel almost that maybe he does want to stick around. He's built this incredible squad that we keep talking about as, you know, maybe the best Liverpool team ever. And there's a feeling that, you know, it can keep getting better as well with, you know, the types of players that Liverpool have been signing. Ibrahim Akanate, you know, was outstanding against Villarreal. Luis Diaz as well, you know, those players that are, are, are new faces to the club are, are having such a good impact and, you know, there's a feeling this team can be a great team for a long time to come and I don't think Klopp's ready to give that up just yet, you know, he knows Liverpool's his home and, you know, he's, he's, he will have never spent more time with any club than he 
has with Liverpool. He, you know, he loves the place, loves the city, obviously, loves the fans. That connection has always been just so special. It was like they were made for each other. So, you know, to hear this news that he is staying for an extra couple of years is just so welcome from fans, isn't it? Because I think the worry was that, you know, obviously there's the worry with Mo Salah's contract and other players as well, but it's always felt like Jurgen Klopp was the one that sort of, you know, it was 2024 and that was it. It was sort of, you know, line drawn under it and he will leave and, you know, we'll be going into next season preparing for his last two seasons at the club, but that won't be the case now. Fans have got the rest of this season and, you know, we know what might happen there. The magical fairy tale feels like it's unfolding. And then obviously, you know, you've got four more years of, of Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool and, you know, what can he really achieve in that time? It, it just, you know, it's such an exciting proposition, I think, isn't it, for fans to be, you know, dreaming of a quadruple, but also dreaming of four years of extra, you know, two extra years that they thought they were going to have of Klopp. So, you know, maybe in four years, they'll be tempted to sign another couple of years as well, and maybe he'll never leave. <laughs> you know, with the greatest of respect to Mo Salah, this is the biggest contract, isn't it? This is the one that, that all fans were desperate to see tied down. Yeah, I think when a player leaves, of you know, a, a high-caliber player leaves a club, you know, Liverpool have had so many over the years, Torres, Suarez, Coutinho, you can name so many. And the thing that always the fans always say is, you know, no player is, is bigger than the club. And Jurgen Klopp definitely isn't, but this he holds it all together. He's rebuilt Liverpool and, you know, the, the job that he's done, he is the most important sign in Liverpool have made maybe in the history of the club. You know, the impact's been remarkable. And I think, you know, in a few weeks, we'll probably be saying that with a bit more behind it because, you know, Liverpool may have won a couple or maybe three trophies. One even would, you know, I think he's already done a good job to for us to be saying that. But yeah, the idea of him being given more time. And obviously they've been on terms that he's agreed to and he already has, you know, such a great level of control in terms of, you know, the players he picks out and brings in. And I know Mike Gordon was obviously at the game last night and Klopp's agent was there too. So obviously they've, you know, talked things through and Klopp must be happy with it because, you know, he is so meticulous and, you know, we, we know that from how he coaches and the marginal gains of bringing in throwing coaches and neuroscientists and, you know, we know his approach. So his approach to his own contract, I think, would be up there as well. So, yeah, I think it should bode well for Liverpool because he he wouldn't sign on for another couple of years to to Liverpool. He wouldn't put that commitment down if he, he didn't really want this. So he obviously, you know, wants it more than anything else. And, yeah, I mean, holidays are overrated, aren't they? (laughs) <laughs> he's in a good place isn't he he you know it just fits him perfectly I would imagine the um the conversation over this contract has actually gone on behind the scenes for a while it's not something that literally gets pushed in front of you and you, and you sign but it seems the perfect time for the club to make this announcement as you mentioned you know great result in the first leg of the Champions League semi League Cup under the belt, FA Cup still there, the league still alive. It's the perfect moment to be telling everyone that the future of this club is really, really bright under the same man. Yeah, I think so. I think Liverpool have done a really good job of that. Obviously, David Hornstein's done a really good job of breaking this story, but 
Usually Liverpool will, you know, get players extended on extended deals, Virgil van Dijk, Jordan Henderson, at different times, you know, when there's a big game coming up or there needs to be a bit of a morale booster almost. They've, they've done really well in sort of the timing of things. Obviously, fans now will be looking to the likes of Salah thinking, well, can it get any better? Because, you know, him signing on for a few more years would, would definitely top the scale, wouldn't it, in terms of fan happiness at the moment? You, you just can't. Fans can't feel any happier, I'm pretty sure, other than when, you know, those trophies are potentially lifted. But yeah, just remarkable really. The obviously, you know, in the background these talks must have been ongoing. Obviously Klopp's been thinking a lot about this as well. Himself, he would have, you know, chatted to his family and, you know, he, he's obviously come to this decision. His team as well, I think, is um will be extending as well as him. So, you know, that is keeping that that team there in place and that foundation to build on, I think is is really important as well. Liverpool and Klopp have got some very special years ahead of them. News broken by David Ornstein. You'll find out more on The Athletic at the moment. Full detail on that. And I'm sure plenty more about that. the conversations which led to this deal being signed uh, will be reported very soon indeed. But brilliant exclusive by The Athletic. And Jurgen Klopp extends his Liverpool contract until 2026. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, let's switch our attention uh, to the Champions League semi-final first leg and welcome Neil Atkinson from the Anfield Wrap to uh, the Red Agenda. Great to have you on, Neil. Uh, Kiva, we'll start with yourself. So 2-0 against uh, Villarreal. It's about as comfortable as you're going to get in a Champions League semi-final first leg. Are you you at ease with that scoreline? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it should have maybe been four, but, you know, you take what you can get. And Villarreal have done jobs on Juventus and Bayern Munich this season, so we know Unai Emery's team and and what they're about. And they did that in the first half, stifled Liverpool a little bit, and you know sort of upset them. Not as much probably as Everton did in the first half of the weekend, but you know they were similar terms of just that low block and you know defending as as much as possible and preventing Liverpool from really. I mean they were Liverpool were playing the way they do, but just struggling to sort of you know get that final sort of ball and that final shot. But it, I felt you know the second half and those couple of minutes were quite defining for Liverpool. You know I was stood on the cop and when you experience moments like that in a football ground and especially Anfield, it feels like you can't experience anything like that ever anywhere else. It's just you know, three or four minutes of just chaos, but the most beautiful chaos. It's so loud, it's deafening. You can't almost, like, feel yourself think. You do sort of become a part of the cop and you're just there in this thing sort of happening and it's almost like the cop's like a bit of a window to the to the pitch, the way it's sort of sat and you're sort of behind, not glass, but you're sort of there conducting it with everyone else. And just sort of watching that unfold was amazing. Liverpool could have scored about six goals in two minutes it felt and the moments I think I loved in the middle of all that was Thiago was somehow in in Liverpool's box and then just sort of throwing his arms up to the cop 
and then they go up the other end and Mane scores and it just felt like you know maybe the game didn't have all what a European Cup semi-final should have as um, you know Manchester City and Real Madrid's game did on on the uh, Tuesday the night before but it had in those moments just something special something magical something that you can you know go away from the ground and and believe in and I don't know feel happy in and feel like yeah that was that we seen something that night and we can talk you know in the future about those minutes maybe it, you know wasn't the whole game but there was moments in those minutes especially that I thought you know Liverpool showed exactly what they were about and I mean they completely dominated the game from start to finish you know there was you were never worried which is crazy to think you know of semi-finals in you know the, the Barcelona semi-final and that kind of thing. It just the first leg of that was obviously you know Liverpool fans come away from that just depleted and wondering what was going to happen next. But last night, obviously, they come away from the first leg just you know knowing the the foot's already sort of in the final. But obviously, you know, Real it's going to be tough there and they'll have a job to do away. But you know, we're facing another Champions League final, which is just I mean, what a proposition! What a crazy season and. A Champions League final almost. There's just so many moving parts. I can't get my head around it all. And the Champions League final is just sort of buried in among all that. And I'm like, I don't know what to be most excited about. <laughs> just all of it. That that three minutes was amazing, wasn't it? And it was always coming, Neil. It was like Liverpool have this ability. They just squeeze tighter and tighter. The relentless, the intensity gets more and more until it's just breaking point and the opposition just can't handle it anymore. It is the turning of the screw, and Liverpool's first half was, or could be seen, you know, you could, whilst watching it, I was really rather frustrated. It then gets framed by the second half, because what they've done in the first half is they've both worked Villarreal, and they've also just begun the process of working them out a little bit. So Villarreal turn up, we know he's a good manager, great cup manager, um, you know, worthy of a lot of respect. They are the Europa League champions, uh, they've beaten who they've beaten to get to where they've got to in this tournament this season, worthy of a lot of respect. And they've done it by being organised, by being really clever, by picking their moments. And Liverpool firstly just say, there's no moments you're picking today. That's the, f- the first half is that we, we're, in, we're in charge of moments, you're not in charge of moments. And then the second half is, you know, all the running you had to do first half, you've got to do a bit more now. And a bit more again, and now a bit more again. And all of a sudden, it's just going to break. And as that broke, you know, as, 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 as you both allude to, you know, the crowd suddenly is absolutely there. I actually think the crowd was so much... It became a little bit too much uh, for the for the players. Uh, Liverpool just start knocking it around for a couple of minutes. Villarreal just fall so far back on themselves, and Liverpool just start knocking it around for a minute or two. And I, it it struck me as just a moment where the players were almost like, "Whoa, this is a thing, isn't it? Good God, this is a thing, and this this is where these people are behind us at the moment." And you know, I think that Villarreal were just thinking, "How do we get through this?" I think it's a really interesting period after 70 minutes, where I think Liverpool are doing two things: one, they're conserving a little bit because they know that the way this season's working, it's going to be ongoing and ongoing, and there's challenges. There's a big game on Saturday morning. They know all this, but I think they were almost also saying to Villarreal, "You know, you th- again, you think you if you think you've got a chance at this, just show us a little bit of what you've got right now." And Villarreal had nothing. Nothing to break through Liverpool. No sense of how to do it, and it must have been quite demoralising for them by the end of the game. That said. They do dominate the underlying numbers in the game against Bayern Munich at their ground. You know, they, they, they create better and more opportunities than Bayern Munich do. And it's worth bearing that in mind. You know, we can learn from where Munich have gone wrong. And the other part of this as well is it wouldn't surprise me if Villarreal are actually relatively happy with nil-nil on 60. 
uh, in the mm. second leg. You know, the idea that we'll just turn it into half an hour of harem scare and football and see if we can rattle you that way. If we score the first goal in the game with 20 to go, the crowds will be up. You'll worry because you would do it. We're all humans. You know, we can use our crowd to our advantage for that. So I think a third would make Liverpool, I think, substantially more comfortable because they'd have that buffer. What Liverpool don't want is a last 10. What none of us want is a last 10 where there's only one goal in it. As long as we manage to avoid that, then I think we'll be absolutely fine. But that's the thing that we don't want. I don't think we'll have it, by the way. I think Liverpool will score out there. I think they'll score first out there. I think this is not a, this Liverpool side is markedly better than Bayern Munich and significantly better than Juventus. But also, the end is in sight, is the key thing about this now. We are one more big push away from another Champions League final. Uh, one more big push away from the end of the season as a whole. You know, I think game in, game out at the moment, Liverpool play like a team that know there's a finish line and we're going to burst through. It and that's that's fabulous to see. Let's talk about ultimate greatness then. I mean, like Kiva, you mentioned before, you don't know where to look at the moment. It does feel like we're experiencing something where we might never ever see again. I've heard lots of sort of comparisons to the '77 team, you know, winning the league and the European Cup. They lost the FA Cup final that year. Where are we? Do you think on the the bigger map of is this the greatest ever Liverpool team side achievements? It feels that way, doesn't it? But I do feel like. You know, if the season doesn't end in the way we're all dreaming, it will. I still think this team will go on to do incredible things and will be remembered as one of the best Liverpool teams ever. But I think if they do what the dreams are, are there already, you know, fans are dreaming of, then it does go down as the greatest Liverpool team ever. I think it goes down as one of the greatest teams ever. If, you know, the quadruple is something Liverpool can actually feasibly do and achieve and if they achieve that then it is an immortality isn't it I don't think there's any other way that can kind of sum up what sport and achievement that is you know to win every competition you enter in at the beginning of the season to play every game and you know win most of them is just a phenomenal thing and I think sometimes we can kind of get lost in you know because we just kind of go game to game and we're just sort of maybe looking ahead as well sometimes and you kind of get lost in like how brilliant this is and you know it might not always be this way and it is sometimes nice to just go wow you know we've got a you know a couple of days till the Newcastle game everything right now as a Liverpool fan is exactly where you would want it to be you know you grow up supporting Liverpool this is you know what any fan of any club dreams of the season ending in this way and obviously you know if it ends with trophies then that's I think the outcome we all want isn't it they could win nothing, and I think it's, well, from this point, they could win nothing, and it's worth remembering that, and that won't in any way, shape or form take away what they've achieved to this point. It won't lessen how brilliant they've been, but the ball could bounce against them. They could get into a Champions League final, one bad referee and decision, the ball bounce against us, against them doesn't come for them. City win every game from now until the end of the season. They don't win the league. And then from there, the FA Cup final against Chelsea goes all the way to penalties, and they win it this time on pens because they don't do something mad with the goalkeeper. All of that is... It's all very, very possible. It can still happen. But what, what, that's why it's always important, and it's something the manager does always say. It's why it's important to enjoy the process. You know, the destination, trust me, my God, the destination's the promised land. Let's be crystal clear. Key was absolutely right around the greatness conversation. It is the, the best you could ever do at this sport at the very highest level. That's what the, you know, it's, and the level's never been higher, let's be clear. Manchester City will break 90 points this season. So to beat them, you've got to do better than 90 points. You're not winning this league at the minute with 76 points or anything like that. That's the level you've got to be at. It's never been harder to do what Liverpool could still conceivably do. So I think it's worth, you know, it's worth remembering the journey is 
as much part of the trophies, if you see what I mean, as literally getting to lift the things themselves. It, it could all be very Brazil 1982, it really could, where you talk about them forever, but in the end, someone's saying to you, but all they, all they won was one League Cup. But it wasn't like that. That is still the defining factor. I Listen, they are, they're great anyway. You know, if you want to do an all-time Liverpool eleven, I think I'm picking four of them. Um, and, you, you know, you're going from there. And that's where they are, and that's the level of greatness they've got. But also, and this is another really important thing for us to remember, especially in the context of talking about the manager, whatever happens at the end of May, we've got to start playing football again on the 6th of August. And it all happens again. And they could do it again, or they could do it next season, or they could go all the way in two things next season. I want them to win one of the big two. And even right now, I'd sit here and I'd trade on, they win one of the big two. And I'd go, great, because that's what they deserve. They deserve to end this season with one of the big two. They deserve to lift one of the, the two best prizes in England. Liverpool have only won 25 leagues or Champions League slash European Cups. We've been going since 1892. That's ages. We've, you know, we're, the, we're the most successful club in English history. But we've only, we've only won the big prizes in football 25 times in that period uh, of existence. So if they won one of the big two, that's greatness in and of itself. You know, we don't have to argue anymore. The greatness is there. And it would mean that in the last five seasons or four seasons, they'll have won uh, a, a European Cup, a league, and then either a European Cup or a league again. Well, that's incredible. And by the standards of any other football club, that's unbelievable. The only exception to that is a Liverpoolian exception, which is what Bob Paisley does from 1976 until 1983. You know, and that's if that's the standard we're holding them against and going, well, they've fallen a teeny bit short, then absolutely trust me. And also Bob Paisley, as incredible as he was, wasn't going up against football clubs that are backed by a state. Yeah, it's, it's a different world, isn't it? I mean, I suppose the only thing trophies does is it substantiates it for a future generation doesn't it? Absolutely. So, you know, so we, we talk now and look back at the 70s and those incredible achievements of Bob Paisley. You can only understand it through the fact of the trophies they won. So it's finals saying they're brilliant now and we've never seen anything like it. But it, but it doesn't live in future history unless there's trophies against it. And that's a really, really valid point. I mean, there's more football now film than ever, but I completely do agree with the point. And that's why for me, you know, I'd love the, the main reason why I'd love them to win all four isn't just so I'd have a lovely time. But it's actually that what it does is it, it ends forever, the greatness conversation. A really good comparison is, you know, and I mean, I'm, this is a comparison made with the greatest respect, is the longevity and the incredible medal hall of Phil Neal is phenomenal and it's second to none. But if Liverpool win all four, then Trent Alexander-Arnold is able to go up against that at a stroke. At a stroke, you know, he's able to go, but we won all four in one year. And, I, and by the way, I was absolutely integral to that. The way we play football, that's where I was. And that's, that's why I do think that it, obviously it does matter. And that's what I want for them. In the same way that it, it hadn't even occurred to me in Madrid, only when Milner ran over holding six fingers up, did the idea of six European Cups even occur to me. That season, 18-19, I just wanted one for them. One for them because they deserved one after pushing City so close. They deserve one of the big two. And that's, you know, here the quadruple. I want it for them so that they're able to say, no, this, you know, the weight of history at this football club is incredible but look what we've done we haven't just beaten Manchester City and beaten Chelsea and beaten Villarreal and beaten Real Madrid or beaten whoever else they've got to beat we've actually also beaten our own history what a thing to have overcome because we've got the best history and we've overcome that on top of overcoming everything else absolutely we're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn so it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. 
LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Henderson. Salah slips through to Mane, 2-0. Mane has added the second. Let's just go back to the Villarreal game and um, every podcast just wax lyrical about Thiago, so you, you can have a goalkeeper now. Uh, I just saw this stat. I think James put it in his piece. It's, it's amazing, really. He's completed 326 passes out of 337 attempts in the, in the last three games. What went wrong with the 11 that he missed? I mean, th- th- this is outrageous. Well, actually, if you look at those, um, the passes that he does miss, they're always creative and brilliant. And, like, sometimes, like, you know, they just don't get there or someone will cut them out. I've looked at the passes he, he's missed past couple of games. That's an article in itself. And they're actually just brilliant. So, you know, even the passes he misses are incredible. Watching him the past few games has just been absolutely just a privilege to watch him um i said last night to the fella next to me he's just like a locksmith isn't he He just comes in and sort of like you know will chip the ball over the top or you know make just make passes that your mind can't even make and i'm now i'm like sort of i've said this before but i'm really like testing myself to try and to get ahead of him you know like to to see his passes before he makes them, but it's just impossible to do. You know, I keep trying, thinking, I'm going to just keep my eye on Thiago, try and watch where he's passing the ball and see if I can sort of think about it in the way, and just, nah, nowhere near. I don't think many people would be able to, to be honest. He's just sensational. I think there was a bit of a a scoop pass towards the end into the box. Even Maybe it got to, like, Robertson or someone, and it was just like, how's he even played that? How's he thought of playing it? So it's not just the thinking process behind it, but it's also the actual, you know, the playing of the ball is um, just remarkable. And I did think coming into the end of the season, he's going to be a player who'll be absolutely key for Liverpool because he's a winner. He raises everyone's game. You know, when I said about him, like, you know, pumping his arms up to the cop and he did that to the crowd earlier on in the game as well, he understands what it takes to get across the line and, you know, winning league titles uh, winning the European Cup, he knows what it takes, and you can tell that he knows the fans are an integral part of that. So in that, you know, the middle of those couple of minutes when Liverpool scored two goals, he was like, "Right, I know you like that deafening noise will absolutely, you know, throw the Villarreal players off," and it did. And you know, he's got that knowledge and understanding that you know we need you as much as you need us, and I think that's you know quite a, a magical thing, isn't it? And just yeah. I could talk all day about him. Oh, he's amazing to watch. And he and it looks like he's really stepped it up a level in the last few games. I mean, the Manchester United performance was just different world. I've heard Liverpool fans say they've never seen a first-half performance like that from anyone. But as we get to this, this crunch part of the season, Neil, Thiago has basically gone, have a look at me. I, I can play like no one else can play. 
Absolutely, I think he's been incredible. But I actually didn't think he was the best midfielder for Liverpool last night. I thought Fabinho, in terms of helping smother them, was was second to none. Thiago's really interesting. There's times where I feel like United, it was amazing because it was about sort of showing the gulf between us and Manchester United, and he was incredible to watch. But the game against Manchester City is almost a defining performance in the Cup semi-final for me, where this is real, you know what I mean? The Manchester United game, he was almost like, you know, I'm much better than these, I am, watch this. Whereas the Manchester City game was, this is a contest and it is a contest we are winning. And I've learned from what happened at the Etihad, we've all learned from last week, watch me now, this is how good I am. He frustrated me a teeny little bit against Everton, but then I think they all managed to frustrate me a teeny little bit against Everton because I was very, you know, get the business done here, please, lads, against Everton. I thought he was sumptuous last night, Thiago. I thought he was terrific, you know. When you're able to take yourself out of the emotion of a football match and understand the wondrousness of what you're watching, I'd pick him in every game. I hope he picks him on Saturday. I'd watch him kick the ball around my backyard, to be quite honest with you. He could just he could just ping it against the wall ten times and I'd give him ten quid for it, uh, a pound a go, uh, just to watch him kick the ball would be absolutely fine by me. He's he's fabulous to watch, but I think that him in tandem with Fabinho, and I thought last night as well, uh, it was a little bit thankless for Henderson. It was a lot of off-the-ball work, both in terms of when we had possession and when they had possession. I thought Henderson played really well as well. It was the rock of the, the performance, the 2-0, the turn into the screw we talked about before, was those three midfielders, I thought, in different ways. But I'll be really honest, I think Fabinho is the pick of the bunch, and when we are talking about Liverpool leading greatness, I think very quietly, you know, in the modern era, in the Premier League era, I think he is now by some distance the best person to play number six for Liverpool, Fabinho. I don't think there's a conversation around anyone getting ahead of him. And if you want to do all-time 11s, you know, Fabinho is in my all-time 11 in midfield uh, with Graham Souness playing where Thiago plays and Steven Gerrard playing where uh, Jordan Henderson plays. That's how good I think Fabinho is. I think he's answered that question now. And I think, you know... He is fundamental and has been and will be fundamental to all Liverpoolian success this season. I'd rest him at Newcastle because you want him for that second leg. You've got to get him a rest in somewhere and the game's coming thick and fast. You need to look after him a little bit. But for me, I think he's absolutely tremendous for Bino. Just a real quick one. Did you say before, Neil, you, that four of the current squad, you were going to the all-time eleven? Is that right? Have yes. you done that? Go on, quickly name those four. Uh, Alisson, Virgil van Dijk, Fabinho and Mo Salah. Yeah. Kiva, you go with that? That's absolutely fair, isn't it? They've all got a, a case in there somewhere, but those feel like the sort of spine and literally they are the spine of the team and mentioning Fabinho there just kind of make you think it's weird that he's almost like underrated yeah. a lot. Even like when playing for Brazil, he would you know wouldn't get games for Brazil. It's like they overlook him at times and you know, maybe rival fans will overlook him. But who would you want in that in that role? In world football, I don't think there's many players you'd swap them with. I don't think that there is any. You know, watch a lot of Liverpool, more so than I watch other teams. But, you know, he's the standout for me and he makes a tick, as does Jordan Henderson, like Neil mentioned, in his own way, and Thiago and then Naby Keita, who's been, I think, had some uh, good performances over the, the past few weeks as well. Just on uh, in general as well, it's it, it's a it's a bit of a great time for it in that I think that the the most underrated uh, player that Manchester City have got is Rodri. I think Rodri's absolutely incredible, uh, and he doesn't get anywhere near the the praise that other other footballers do. I think he's been really important to them this season. We keep doing Liverpool supporters keep doing this thing, and I don't think City centre backs are that good, and no one ever stops to sort of think, <laughs> well, then what's what's stopping things from getting to City? So if you don't think they're that good, what's meaning the ball doesn't get that far? And it's obviously Guardiola's setup massively, but it's also the fact that I think Rodri has grown and grown into that role. 
football. And I think that those two players currently play in that position, I think are the best two in the world. And yet again, it's just frustrating that the other one plays up the other end of the M62. Right. Do we need to say anything about Newcastle away at the weekend? Um, Got to be dead hard. Yeah, banana skin or not? Yeah, it is. They all are, but it's going to be really, really hard. The 12.30 suits us from a, an atmosphere point of view than a 5.30 would have done, no matter what the manager thinks. I take his point. He cares about the sports science. I think they might have to make three or four changes, to be honest with you, because they, they will have had to put a lot in last night. So with a bit of luck, uh, you know, those changes will, will come off for the manager. And also, he's got such strength and depth at the moment. The big one I'd do is I'd probably look to play Henderson six from the start, uh, give Fabinho that one off, and then he's every other game from now until the end of the campaign. And then I will probably would play Tiago, if I'm doing that from the outset uh, and then I think from there he might have a think about one of the full backs I don't think he wants to do them both in the same game in an ideal world, I think Matip probably comes back in for Canate and you maybe do something in attack because he's got the options but it was interesting how early Sadio Mane comes off which makes me think he wants to start Sadio Mane, in, he, keeps, he keeps subbing Mane and I think it's because he wants to start Mane in every single game that he can through the middle, so I think Mane will start Kiefer, he was asked in the press conference last night, is, is Sadio Mane not a shoe-in to be a, a leading contender for the Ballon d'Or? What was his, I didn't hear his answer. He just did that Jürgen laugh, yeah. <laughs> which probably means they all should be. Yeah, well, I was thinking this, you know, when on Tuesday everyone was like, as soon as Benzema dinked his penalty down the middle, which was absolutely ridiculous, by the way. And then it was all this Ballon d'Or talk and I'm like, I think Mo and Mane have sort of been forgotten a little bit in this. I know Salah had a lot of talk, you know, just a, a few months ago, wasn't it? That, you know, he might be in a shoe-in for it, given his, his performances. I think it was that week when he'd scored against Wofford and Man City and everyone was just like, there's no better player on the planet. And, you know, there might not be, but obviously what, what Mane's won as well and, you know, getting winning AFCON and then, you know, helping Senegal get to the World Cup as well. If he goes on to win the quadruple, I think, you know, could sway in his favour. Why why couldn't it? I think his form has been, you know, it's it's kept Liverpool alive in, in recent weeks. And, you know, if you wanna just you wanna think of one performance that sums up Sadio Mane, I think we got that at Wembley the other week. That was just him and his absolute genius. Brilliant stuff, guys. Uh, great to have you on. Neil, of course, some brilliant stuff on the Anfield rap at the moment, and Kiva as well. Thank you for listening to the podcast on the day that just the best news broke, didn't it? Jurgen Klopp signing a contract extension. Keeps him at Liverpool until 2026. Uh, David Orn's team with the exclusive on that one. Don't forget, you can read all the articles on Liverpool and all the other writers as well if you head to The Athletic and there is a special offer on at the moment. So it's a pound a month for six months and if you head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod, that's theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod can sign up with that exclusive offer thanks for listening to the red agenda smiles on all our faces and we'll see you next time <laughs>